Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls, and friends and neighbors, and squirrels and possums. This, this is One. Well, we have them out here, you know. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. Good morning, the 16th of May. Hope you had a nice weekend. Richard Massey's going to tell you all about his, and I'm going to tell you all about mine. And then after you hear both of those, you'll probably just change the channel. But that'll be, you know, that's just the way it goes here in podcast land where you're streaming video and you get to say what you want until, until, until you can't. And then you say what you want somewhere else. So good morning. Uh, our phone lines are open if you care to join us. I didn't check them, but I'm pretty sure I think they're good. 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at one radio question uh, hello a one radio network wow what is that a Freudian thing one radio network dot com if you have a question you see I was going to say a question and then my mind went in there and said if you see how that works it's kind of like Windows 10 and when it gets you know you just got to reboot it because the mind is a little strange just Windows 10 tomorrow we're going to be talking with Adam Bergstrom He's generally here the third Wednesday of the month, but in Kamiland, Mussolini, the governor, decided to shut off their power on Wednesday, but at least they alerted him of the fact, so we changed the show to Tuesday. Now, why they're turning off his power, I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. And then we have a couple other people we're working on um, for, for Wednesday. Ray Pete will be here in an hour and a half or so. So that uh, sets the stage. Uh, smoke them if you got them. Have a martini, whatever you want. And Dr. Richard Massey is here. He's a medical doctor that is no longer in like regular practice stuff and doesn't give medicine. He just gives out strange advice from the moon. So this is what he does. And he's in Austin, Texas, and he recently told us his last show that he's madly with the new with the new girl. So how's that going? Everything good there? She hasn't kicked you out yet? Uh, I'll, I'll get into that later. Okay, uh, okay. All right. So we have a story to tell. Um, yeah. But you did tell me right before we went on the air, I asked you what you did over the weekend, and you said you were howling at the moon yesterday. Is that right? Yeah. So I have a friend who does shamanic ceremonies. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, about a dozen of us got together and, you know, I don't, they didn't teach astrology in <laughs> pharmacy school or medical oh, school, come on. No, uh, no. just to be clear. Uh, and I didn't learn it in the Air Force as a medic either. We, we, you know, we just gave them their immunizations and told them to get back out there. Um, <laughs> but supposedly this, uh, this lunar eclipse that happened last night is in the sign of Scorpio and and the theme of it was death and rebirth. So yeah, yeah, Patrick, that's you. Scorpio. That's you. Scorpio. Yeah, yeah. And so last night, uh that's what that was about, I'm told. And so my shaman friend kind of tricked us and we did some little drumming and sort of light relaxing kind of stuff. And she asked us to write our own eulogies and imagine our own funerals mm. and uh then we but we weren't told that we were going to pair up with somebody and read those 
to someone else and uh, and uh, have a little ceremonial burial in front of this witness <laughs> and uh, I might I might start crying now it it was uh, it was my best friend Stephanie that I got paired with um, I haven't seen her in the longest time she just got back into town and mm-hmm. um, and she said to me she said you're the only one I in the world I would read this eulogy to Whoa. and um, and I felt the same way uh, so we 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 said all our stuff and uh, did our ceremonial funeral in front of each other and and then walked away from that and sat back in the circle and everybody shared what that was like um, a lot of uh, profound shift happened and we're sitting there underneath the moon in Zilker Park where we're watching it actually eclipse as we're doing this Um, I've never done that before uh, but I'll definitely do it again in November when the twin eclipse happens in November Um, it was such a powerful uh, experience so I'm grateful so well a uh, couple questions. So, what's the idea behind doing the whole eulogy, senior? I mean, what's what's the healing of what, what's the idea behind that? The basic idea. Yeah. So the the idea was to whatever parts of my life have happened up until now, a bunch of them are what I'm still tangled in, and the idea of doing the eulogy is to leave those tangles in the ground. Um, and walk away free from those tangles. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So that's, that's, that's the idea. So it's kind of a spiritual exercise for just letting go of past images and yes. ideas or thoughts or it's not serving you now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you're out there and you ever have a chance to participate in something like that, I would encourage it. Uh, when the Green Funeral people came to People's Pharmacy years ago, uh, if you've ever gotten a chance to volunteer to be the dead body that everybody <laughs> takes care of, there's something very powerful that happens there. We kind of people get we get in touch with our own sense of mortality. And, and also with a sense of love and care that surrounds us at that time. Um, you know, the big fear about death, says Stephen Jenkinson, is that people are just going to dump us off and forget about us. Um, and so any ceremony in which a person symbolically dies but is surrounded by loving, caring people is an antidote to the fear of death. Oh, just to kind of instill in your consciousness, some yes. or otherwise, that it's just not going to be be like that, right? Right. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was, and, and still is. So, um, you know, and a lot of us in this, a lot of us in the circle had breakups, and so. They were, they were talking about that, that 
during this two-week period, the week before and the week after this eclipse, is a time when a lot of relationships split or feel a lot of stress. And, uh, hmm. and that happened for me. Uh, and I, but I have to say, hmm. I, uh, I still feel her loving, sweet essence in my body and in my mind. It's the best. It's the best I've ever opened to romance and sexuality. And, you know, I would do it again yeah. in a minute. Um, I'm, I'm glad that kind of thing is possible. I'm, I'm glad that I've come to a place where I can open more um, and to receive more and give more. It's beautiful, you know, beyond what I could say. And all the vaccine debris disappeared uh, in our blood. And I, I spoke with a, hmm. a seasoned energy worker about it, and she said that that was her impression as well. <clears throat> and Andrew Weil said the same thing years ago in his book. He said, if you ever get anything serious diagnostically, fall in love, and it will clear it. And there's something about that energy of opening to at least one other person, one other thing. I mean, people can fall in love with the cosmos or their pet or whoever or whatever but that opening clears everything clears everything and, uh, yeah yeah i believe that and, and yeah but we, you well, why, you know we got to, we got to see it yeah why would you have vaccine debris though you didn't do a vax what do you mean by vaccine debris so those black objects that people are reporting seeing and uh when they do their finger stick and put it under the microscope um so the lady that that I had the romance with was a, a vaccinated nurse. Oh. And, uh, and of course, there's that story about shedding. Um, and, you know, people come here to this little house, um, family and friends, I say, and a lot of them tested COVID positive, COVID negative. They had fever. You know, they coughed and sneezed all over me. I got their blood on my hands doing an IV because I don't wear gloves. I don't wear a mask. I don't care about any of that stuff. And um, and when Lane Sebring did my lab work recently, I have antibodies to coronavirus. So somewhere in there, you know, I, I had it, whatever it is. And uh, But when I looked at my blood, I also had that same black debris that vaccinated people have. And even though I have not been vaccinated, so I don't know if shedding is true. Um, you know, that would certainly explain it. I don't know, I don't, but I don't know. All I know is that falling in love with her, being loved by her and giving love to her, both of us, our blood cleared. I couldn't find any evidence of right. any of that movie. No. Um, that, that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is what healing is, love, right? Yes. Right? Yes. It makes sense. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I agree, and uh, that's wonderful. And, uh, and, you know, as far as the shedding stuff and blacks and all that, I mean, I, everything is energy, and it doesn't mean that there is any physical particle stuff in your body or her body that was you know it's it could just be a 
symptomatic representation of some energetics that were going on with you guys and you know what I mean you know what I mean that's the way I would yeah yeah all I know is that there there was a a lady who put a a video on the internet nice lady who's been doing microscope work for 15 years and she started seeing this black debris in people's blood and I've never seen that in 22 years I've never seen black debris um and uh, so she started seeing it in vaccinated people. And so what she did was she took the vaccine. I'm thinking it was Pfizer. I don't know for sure. But she put just the vaccine on a microscope slide and looked at it without any blood. And it had these big black ball berry looking things in it. And as they dried on the slide, they turned into these long black filaments. Well, that's what I had in mind was one of the long black tubular filaments. Um, And uh, my lover had about five or six of the, like the things that could have come from the ball bearings um, and could physically see it. I took photos of it. And and the reason I paid attention to it is I had a gentleman come in months before that um, who had had a an anxiety condition for a decade and I put his slide on the microscope and before I even a chance to to adjust it there was this big black object in the middle of it and I Mm. thought good grief that looks like what that lady was talking about so I just as an aside as I was looking in the scope I said to the guy have you been vaccinated he said yeah uh, triple vaccinated you know and Mm. And, uh, and the guy can still ride 50 miles on his bicycle a day. I can't do that. So obviously he wasn't affected in a bad way. But later after he left, I took a look and uh, there was some stuff in there I can't explain, but I've never seen before. Uh, and a lot of it were those black objects. Um, and so it, you know, it, it gave me pause, especially when I saw just the video of the pure vaccine with no blood that there were these black ball bearing looking things um, inside the vaccine fluid itself. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I felt like the lady was telling the truth and showing a true video. Uh, she didn't seem to have a, a dark motive or anything. And I just haven't seen that in 22 years. And now I see that. Um, and I got to see it go away. I, I will tell you another thing that I saw uh, because of my friend's generosity. Uh, when she went and got her fourth booster, I looked at her blood the day before and the day after, and I saw evidence of exactly what Andrew Wakefield got in trouble for reporting. So you remember Andrew Wakefield. Right, the autism vaccine connection guy. Yeah, who did the biopsies, actual biopsies of little kids' intestinal tract before and after the MMR Mm -hmm. and and proved histologically, I mean, looking at the tissue itself, that the MMR vaccine produced leaky gut, which is the basis of all autoimmune reactions. And uh, he did that, I think, on 160 people, little kids. Well, when I looked at my friend's blood the day before the vaccine, no leaky gut. The day after the vaccine, severe leaky gut. Um, The changes were impressive. And 
that's why I think people who have autoimmune processes have always been told it's a bad idea to get a modern vaccination because it's going to make that worse and you've already got it going on. Fortunately, my friend has no autoimmune issues and so she can just roll with that and not notice anything. But dear God, you should have seen the changes and uh, it's quite profound. I don't know the mechanism of that. you know how something stuck in the arm can can result in actual holes in your gut lining uh, that you can see evidence of it. So, well, I th- you know I mean you could conjecture and we can theorize a lot. I mean you could first thing that comes to me, Richard Massey, Doctor MD guy, is that is that if you allow uh, something choose to allow something to invade your space. You can mm-hmm. very well create holes in your. Okay. You know, All right. You know what I'm saying? You can very yeah. well create no, I like holes. That. I like that. In, in your body. I mean, come on, right? Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, there's all kinds of ideas. I mean, of course, nothing is really physical, right, Doc? I mean, nothing. It's all, it's all energy that we see in a microscope or we see in a mm-hmm. blood test and they claim it's. A particle of this or that, but it's it's just a representation of some energetic imbalance yeah. going on in our body, spiritual imbalance, which is why, in my opinion, nobody listens to me when you then talk about <laughs> then when you talk about love, which is all there is. Those things can yeah. dissipate. I mean, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? It's just so transformative. Um, why, why wouldn't they? Yeah. It's great, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to be on the show, our, our telephone number is working. Call us crazy or just call us. <laughs> Horace Frank Sinatra said, call me irresponsible. 888-663-6386 with Richard Massey, who does recall healing uh, family constellation stuff and uh, these kinds of things and he's in the Austin area and all of his contact information is on um, the show page when we uh, do the audio and then we put his videos on BitChute. Uh, Somebody just emailed in, Charlene Kelly Co. Hi Richard, I'm listening. Wow, that's my friend Charlene. You know Charlene? Uh, We grew yeah, we grew up together in Beaumont, Texas. In Beaumont, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Charlene's a nurse and uh, one of the smartest people I know. Really? So I got, got to be careful what I say now. It, she's going to call me up and correct me. You, you know, I was like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> what did you just say? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking. Did you get those photos of that that book I sent you this morning? Was that you? Uh, yeah, I sent you something on email. It's a yeah. book from 1936. I, I didn't quite understand what it was, but was that you? Because I, I didn't see your address. Yeah. That. Yeah, a guy at Casa de Luz showed me that book yesterday. I was out doing Save Soil. Yeah. So here y'all can see my Save Soil shirt on, you know. Save Soil, yeah, yeah I like it. And... Uh, so I've been going out doing free blood stuff at Casa de Luz. 
showing people that our bodies are always saving our inner soil, hmm. which is our blood, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so those videos are on Twitter and uh, they're on Instagram if you want to take a look. We had a whole bunch of cool people yesterday doing that. And this uh, one gentleman that came up uh, had this book and uh, he just showed it to me. And it's a book from 1936. Uh, from the University of Texas, and hmm. it's showing all the stuff that we're talking about nowadays. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, like there it was. Yeah, like I think the name of the book I'm looking at it here is one million, one hundred million guinea pigs. One hundred million guinea pigs. Dangers yeah. in everyday foods, drugs, and cosmetics. Author Hallett, and 1936. My goodness. And he talks about arsenic and lead and. Uh, all kinds of stuff there. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, pretty amazing. I sent it over to Charlene's husband, Greg, who I grew up with. We were best friends, and and of course he got all excited about it. You know, hearing that this stuff has been going on since his parents were little kids, and mine <laughs> too. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, so here we are again. So is the uh, there are a bunch of different files? Is the whole book here? If one wanted to read the whole book. I just I just did the table of contents. I, I felt like if I read it, I would lose my uh, enthusiasm for being positive. I see. Um, I see. So I was uh, looking at people's blood and talking about saving soil. So if you're out there, Google Save Soil. They just want your name. Nobody wants any money. Um, and we're looking to get policy to pay farmers who will put more microorganisms in their soil. That's that's all. And, oh, that's uh, a great idea. Yeah. 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 Start so start promoting the idea of uh, rewarding people that are doing the right thing, kind of like with yeah, children, you know? Get, yes, get the economics turned around and the rest will follow. Hmm. Yeah, right now we're paying more. We are paying more for food that are more is more nutritious right we might as well use that yes. use that model right? yeah so what i'm told is is that american soil is at 1.25 percent organic content um and the bare minimum to be called living soil is three percent hmm. so we're well below that which is why we have to import most of our food and uh so I didn't understand this cycle until I listened to people. It's embarrassing. I've been through the 26th grade, and, <laughs> and I didn't get this, you know. Uh, 26th grade. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I've been through the 26th grade, and I still didn't get this basic thing of why I'm even here, like in a living form, uh, lost in minutia. Um, so, so what plants do is they take carbon pollutants out of the air, and good carbon as well. Mix it with sunshine and turn it into sugar. Hmm. And that's called photosynthesis. The sugar goes down into the roots, into the soil, and it's like giving uh, food to the microorganisms. So when the microorganisms get the sugar, they release nutrients into the roots of the plant, which comes up into the vegetable or the fruit. Without the microorganisms, the plant cannot make nutrients. Hmm. It can make something that looks like a peach, but it has no nutrition 
in it, unless there are microorganisms and earthworms. Without those, there are no nutrients in the food. And the thing that destroys that is plowing and leaving soil outside of shade. If, if soil is in the sunlight, it's dying. It needs to be covered with grasses or in the shade of trees. So when I went to Terlingua with my beloved here this two weeks ago, went out to Big Bend for the first time. And the tour guides said that this didn't used to be as much of a desert as it was a hundred years ago. And they said, what happened was this, the government decided to mine mercury out of the mountains there in West Texas for bombs. And in order to fuel the furnaces, for that process, they cut down all the cottonwood trees along the river. And the river disappeared and the soil died. Now that's exactly what happened in India when Sadhguru looked at the river he grew up on and it was dry. So they've now planted over a million trees, the river has returned, and farmers are actually selling nutritious food at a profit. So they have a model to actually demonstrate that this is what happens. Um, so whenever land is cleared or plowed, the soil dies. So it's a living organism. I didn't know that. I thought it was just dirt. I thought I was supposed to take a spade and go out there and turn the soil over and put stuff in it. Every time someone turns soil over, it kills it. Uh, the little things that make it alive are like in the movie Avatar. There are these little uh, connections between the yeast and the soil and they form the basis of what's alive in there and then all the other organisms live on those communication lines right mm -hmm. and a spade goes in there and just cuts it apart like Stephen Jenkinson would say our big sentence that we like to say is we're gonna beat our swords into plowshares uh, it's a big freedom thing like at the end of the war beat your swords into plowshares but to the earth there's no difference between a sword and a plowshare. Right. They're both implements of destruction. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so anyway, the safe soil movement, though, is not, you don't have to know any of that. The safe soil movement is just about getting policy to pay any farmer who will increase the microorganisms in the soil. That's all. That's it. Simple. Uh, same not, fighting, not fighting anybody. We're not against anybody. Not, you know? Good so. for you, boy. I like that energy. Uh, safe, so that's safesoil.com? Yeah, just Google Safe Soil. It'll all come up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... that's two, two billion names now. Got two billion names on social media and uh, going for four. And once there's four billion names, government will feel compelled Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a majority of humans saying they want that, that so yeah yeah now they just on the other end of it you know they're paying farmer to grow corn so they can make it into gasoline and all kinds of stuff i mean they're always always right. trying to control yeah. the, the game you know and paying farmers not yes. to grow this or that to keep the price it's just it's kind of bonkers the way they're doing it <laughs> like, I, it is it really is yeah yeah and to that to that as well and I think it lends a lot to the idea that, you know, getting into the farmer's markets and doing it ourselves as a, you know, it's pretty probably, you know, a reasonable idea because, yes, you know, with the standards and 
we don't know what people in California are doing to their broccoli. Do they have any microbes or are they right. are they just not spraying and they call it organic? I mean, it's exactly. hard. It's hard to know. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's impossible actually. Yeah. You just have to wait until your body either breaks down or prospers, you know. <laughs> it's like we're it's like that book from 1936 where the guinea pigs and uh we have to we can't trust anything. We have to wait and see what our body does with stuff. Uh, there was a fellow at the farmer's market at Dripping Springs that um, had strawberries that looked like and nothing like I've ever looked before. They're almost like a purple red, not just a bright red you see at the store. And I said, and I tasted one. He said, what tastes one? Whoa, what's up with that? I've never tasted a strawberry like that. And he said, well, that's just a real strawberry, Patrick. When you really wow. have good soil, that's what a strawberry looks like. Oh my goodness! It tastes like yeah, amazing. Oh my! And I, you know, if I bought a buy a strawberry like at the H E B or Whole Foods, or the Hippie Food Store, I'd be organic, of course, but nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. Yeah. So, I guess then yes. the nutrition must must then transfer into taste as well, right? It's got to, right? Color. Yes, got to. Yeah, yeah. My father was stationed in the South Pacific, and. He didn't have much use for bananas over here. He said, once you've had a real banana that <laughs> ripened in the South Pacific on a tree, just nothing else yeah. comes close. Yeah. And the, the, the old time real bananas used to have seeds in there, right? Those little mm-hmm. those little dark spots you see on a banana now, there's where the seeds used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yes, we're talking about how it used to be. How about it used to be back there? Tell you what. <laughs> Stay right there, Doc. Dr. Richard Massey, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. One of the fun things that we uh, love to talk about is our products from Daniel Vitalis. And Daniel's a cool guy and uh, very... Uh, Mo, you talk about a fellow that understands the outdoors and the connection between caterpillars and butterflies and and we humans and dogs, and he really gets it, and uh, he's, he's a great guy. And uh, the products that he puts out for us to promote to you are top of the line, one of the best. And this little guy is on, is on um, sale right now. If I can pull it up again, I had it there and I lost it. And it's Elk Velvet Antler on sale using promo code STRONG20. I believe that's the the promo code STRONG20 and uh, so many growth factors listen to it and also collagen if you want to get your little face doll collagen up a little more um, uh, that'll do it as well this is from Daniel on sale before I start my work day I like to get my workout in it makes me much more effective throughout the rest of the day now one of my favorite supplements to use in conjunction with my training is Sir Thrival's Elk Antler These are sustainably and humanely harvested from U.S. free-range animals. Now, what's interesting about elk, deer, moose, all these animals we call the cervids, is they're the only mammals who have an organ that actually falls off and regenerates every year. These elk antlers grow out in just a matter of a couple of months. In order to grow like that, they need growth factors, steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth. Those can actually be harvested, freeze-dried, and put into solution that you can actually utilize in your own body. Now there's been a back and forth history with this being banned for doping in professional athletics. 
currently it is legal, except that it is really rich in IGF-1, which is a banned substance. Now, of course, this is a natural substance. This is not a steroid. But when you look at natural substances, you won't find anything more powerful than elk antler for recovery, for lean muscle growth and maintenance, for metabolic enhancement, and for recovery after injuries and surgery. This is incredible stuff. If you're looking for a natural supplement that boosts your metabolism, helps you grow lean body mass, burns fat, increases libido and energy levels, and helps your body regenerate from your workouts or from injuries or surgeries, take a look at Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. Uh, well, you had me at libido. Uh, uh, <laughs> Okay, it's a great product. I'm getting my uh, ordered uh, again today and 20% off the sale of the year. The big sale of the year is Elk Velvet Antler and use the promo code STRONG20 and girls take it too. Can you imagine these little elks? They grow this entire huge thing and they fall off and they do it again the next year. Now tell me that isn't full of good stuff. These are farm-raised in New Zealand, they don't do drugs or anything, or wacky tobacco. They just clean, and then they don't put a tourniquet on them or, or uh, you know, anesthetize them or do anything weird. Uh, all they do is, is get the elk velvet off of the elk, the big elks, and then they, they process it and make it into this uh, wonderful product. So it's food, and um, a lot of the forest animals eat this elk velvet, I'm, I hear. Uh, here around the campfire. That's how that works. A lot of the animals eat this stuff when it falls off. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Elk Velvet Antler uh, from Sir Thrival, 20% off. Use promo code STRONG20 uh, for the next uh, week or so, next week or so. One of our favorite products, in a way, if you want to get extra calcium, uh, as you know, we don't really do the calcium, or talk about the calcium thing, um, um, because most of the calcium things are all, um, you know, rocks and stuff like that, and you can't absorb, and it ends up in your arteries and blah, blah, blah. But if you wanted more calcium, repeat recommends you drink milk. That's a good way. Uh, goat's milk or cow's milk, A2 A stuff, probably the most digestible. But this pearl swim product is from real pearl and not from some rock. It's from pearls, and they're just for once living beings because they come from the oysters. The oysters watch um, sad movies and then the oysters cry and then they make pearls and then they gather the pearls and they say, thank you, oyster, and then they grind them up. And, and uh, Dr. Rulin Chu has figured out how to um, grind up these uh, pearls in, uh, in a way that it doesn't mess up the, the energetics of it because it's all energy, right? As we just talked about. And they don't like put them in a grinder. I mean, she really went through great steps to uh, get the energetics of pearls in. So you can take this internally, and it's been taken internally for uh, thousands of years from like Cleopatra and those other, other people way back in Egypt and Mayans and Indians. They would use pearl. A lot of the uh, Chinese medicine formulas and Ayurvedic formulas for beauty have pearl in there. Strange. You look at them. Yes, they do. Some of uh, Daniel, not Daniel's, but um, um, Brandon Amalani's products on Shen Blossom for beauty are, has pearls. He, he has a face cream with pearl and also internally. And then the pearl we use to brush our teeth with. 
you can see this green container. We uh, recommend you get three, and you put one in the, in the kitchen, and just anytime you brush your teeth, and that's all I use these days, and it's really is a wonderful, your teeth look kind of pearly, you know, and not the Hollywood white thing where they used to bleach them, which we, we don't recommend. So most, most all toothpaste have glycerin in there, and we know from going way back to Dr. Jared Judd, who wrote a book that I t- interviewed him 30 years ago, that glycerin and toothpaste um, will keep the teeth from remineralization. Glycerin. Check it out. It's on almost every toothpaste on the planet, on the earth plane. So I keep saying planet, on the earth plane. So uh, it's, it's worth uh, brushing your teeth with this rather than toothpaste because so your teeth will continue to remineralize. Pearlsium on OneRadioNetwork.com. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. It's funny how these words stick in your brain, you know, planet Earth. Planet. Mm-hmm. So, I did a thing on Facebook. I posted on Faceplant. I saw this on one of my places that I go to for different, you know, news things. And it was all about let me pull it up here. The 10 largest nuclear explosions that we've ever had, right? In theory. We've done quite a few shows, Richard, that, uh, that I don't even think, I think the whole nuclear thing is fear porn. I really do. I mean, I'm crazy, but I do. I think that that's what this Russian-Ukraine thing is about. Just one more thing to kick your ass and make you make you worry. You know, I, I do believe that. I, I do. These people are, they're, they're lunatics, but they're not going to, come on. They got kids too and grandkids, and what are they going to do? You know, stay in a bunker for a thousand years? Anyway, so I'm looking at this thing, and guess what? The very first one was 1952, 10,400 megatons, and guess where they blew, allegedly, okay, allegedly blew this up? Mm. On Johnston Atoll, South Pacific. Oh my. Do you know where Patrick was uh, 15 years later? Ooh. Johnston Atoll, Armed Forces Radio, sitting right on top of a 15-year-old nuclear, alleged nuclear explosion. Wow. Do you think, do I look like I've been du- nuked? Yeah. I don't believe any of it. Yeah, I, that's very interesting to notice, isn't it? Yes, 15 years later, I was sitting right on top of this alleged 10,000 megaton. And this island, Doc, is only three years, uh, three miles long mm-hmm. and two miles wide. And they allegedly exploded this thing right there. Boom. Wow. And so what about this 100-year half-life? And what about... I mean, did you see a lot of mutated animals or no, anything? No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Come on, there are birds and... I think it's all made up. I think it's all made up. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? You know, because I look back at my experience and I, I need another way of understanding what happened to me. Like, I remember when we had our first AIDS patient come in for surgery in Fredericksburg, um, 
it was back in the day when we recapped needles. Recapped uh, needles? Before we, hmm. Yeah, we put the cap back on them before we threw them away so they wouldn't be sharp. And uh, I was so nervous, I stabbed myself <laughs> with an AIDS needle. And uh, I mean, man, at, you know, it was like a kind of terror went through my body. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, the media said, you know, I should, I should start getting, you know, all, all kinds of afflictions and then die a miserable death. And um, I only told one person because I, I didn't want people to treat me like a leper. And, uh, you know, I never got AIDS. And, and I thought back on all the times I've been in the operating room and got blood of hepatitis people on me, um, pull breathing tubes out of people at the end of surgery and got coughed on, phlegm from all kinds of, inf quote, infectious things. And neither I nor any of the recovery room nurses ever got any of those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I figured I didn't get it because I went to church at that time. And, you know, but I mean, even the pagans didn't get sick, you know, and uh, it was, it's interesting to look back on that and wonder about uh, yeah. what I was taught about the germ theory. That's right. Well, as you probably know, I don't know if you do know, but Alanka and Cowan, Kaufman, Vollmer, Sell, Londo, Dr. Young, that whole crowd, the whole germ theory people uh, contend that the AIDS was just as made up as this COVID thing was and it was a mm, psychological yeah. operation and they killed these kids with the, with, the, with the medicines, you know, because they had a test back then, according to these people uh, similar to the PCR and they, they gave mm -hmm. them a test and they said, oh, well, you have AIDS and then we have to give you medicine and they gave them medicine and the story is that's what killed them yeah. Never yeah. they never isolate it. Never isolate. Judy Mikovich was out there, you know, undercover uh uncovering some of the whole Fauci cuz he was involved in that too one. Do you know that one Fauci was involved in the mm -hmm. AIDS yeah, thing? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she was out there saying, "Well, we isolated it and um, you know, so we know it really exists." So Kaufman and these people are wrong. Well, they I've seen debates with her and she didn't. You know, she did. They didn't isolate it. She thinks she did. God yeah. love her. But they didn't, because she's debated some people that know what they're talking about. In my, mm -hmm. you know, and she didn't. She didn't isolate it properly. They. She thought she did. She. Did, she means well, and you know, I'm not saying she's a bad yeah. person, but, but, but according to the people that sure. understand the isolation process, like these people do, it's their whole life, right? She didn't. Yeah. You know, it would never was isolated. Yeah, and it's funny that it's admitted on paper. So when I when I bought that COVID revealed series, mm -hmm. and and watched I watched Tom Cowan uh, in the vaccine reveal. I watched him read the actual papers of the people who designed the COVID test, and it actually said words like, "Even though we don't have the isolated virus." They say it. We, we plan to design a test that will be a robust health whatever, you know? And, and it's like, well, how do you make a <laughs> test for something if you don't have the actual isolated virus? You know, and it's actually, it was actually written. And one of the funniest segments, I copied it and put it on my phone because I like to watch it every now and then, <laughs> was when he was reading the package inserts 
from the PCR test. And and Tom Cowan, he kept the straight face like Bob Newhart would have back in the day right. doing comedy, saying the, saying the stupidest thing and not changing his face at all. <clears throat> and he would read, even though this test cannot tell whether the coronavirus is present or, or not present, you know, and <laughs> right, you know, and that every brand of the PCR test started out that way, even though this test cannot tell whether coronavirus is present or not present, you know, and, and he's just reading it and he'd go, hmm, I wonder if that's the only company's test. Oh, wait, look, we have another one. Uh, and he would read the next one, you know, and it, it was just you know it was tragic and funny yeah. at the same time um yeah yeah he's great he's he's really doing great stuff um <laughs> and it and it matched what i saw you know in the in the military and i was too scared of course to say anything back sure. in the 70s i i was a i had one or two stripes on my arm and i was the guy that gave shots to people <clears throat> and i remember the first year the flu vaccine was to be given and I was the only guy there. It was a small base, only guy giving immunizations. And I remember getting the flu vaccine vials, and I opened one, and I thought, I'll just read the package insert. You know, nobody's here right this minute. I opened the package insert, I promise you, in big, bold, black letters. First thing, do not administer this product to anyone under 65 years of age. <laughs> really? And I mean, I just threw it in the trash. I, you know, I thought, you know, what what's going on here? You know, uh, I don't want to get court-martialed. I'm going to give these shots, you know, because I am feel like I'm being told to do it. But even the people who made it don't think it's a good idea, <laughs> you know? So you think I shouldn't give, think it's a good idea? Right, you know. Oh, and, and my boss, he had like five stripes. I think he was getting money, honestly. Uh <laughs> He would send me out for something because I was cash register, honest, Episcopalian Sunday school teacher at that point. Yeah. He'd say, Massey, go take a break. And I'd go out for a while. He'd bring in all his friends and sign off their shot records and, uh, you know, not give them the shot. Um, <laughs> and not give them the shot? Oh, yeah. That was a big thing. You know, just sign it off and, and don't give them the shot. A lot of doctors wouldn't take it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know stuff like that that i kind of filed away and thought well the world is crazy but once i get out of here it's going to make more sense sure I, I mean i kept thinking that all along you know like i'm going to get like once i get to pharmacy school it's going to make more sense than the military right i mean that's that's what i was hoping or thinking so guess what happens first day of pharmacy school here we all come in as these new recruits going to pharmacy school here in beloved Austin, Texas, the University of Texas, right? The dean comes in and tells us, and we watch this professor kind of walk off with his face, looking down at the ground like he'd just been scolded at the principal's office, right? The guy's walking out. The dean told us, today is a special day. We are tearing up the medicinal gardens from the pharmacy school. We will no longer need plants as medicines because now the drugs are so good and so safe. Drugs are here and plant medicine is obsolete. Whoa. And they tore down 
all the plant medicines, right? And and this was the environment that Bill Swale came into as a pharmacist and started reintroducing the herbal stuff and he caught hell the whole time. He was always you know? in trouble. Or somebody. He was always in trouble, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and then I thought, you know, pharmacy school, I don't know about it, but when I get to medical school, Boy, it's all going to make more sense, right? right? I just kept thinking that I'm going to get to this higher level where there's actually going to be some real common sense and real thought about things. And uh, it just never happened, Patrick, uh, <laughs> in that system. You know, I, I mean, that's sad to say. It's not a it's not a criticism of anybody's intelligence or motives no. or anything. It just wasn't what I was looking for. Um, <laughs> just isn't it fun how we we do this we do this earth thing just one step after another just kind of looking for truth right just just yeah. just keep looking for the truth and what, how it all works and what it's all about Alfie and and we just keep going and yeah the first time I saw a family constellation reverse an incurable illness and that was shocking um, and I guess maybe I get it why uh, why there's a reluctance to look at what's true. Yeah, I, I felt nervous about it. I was happy for the person, um, but I had no explanation for it. And um, it was it was not in my control. You know, I mean, I'm supposed to be the doctor. I'm supposed to be. Right. Doing something, doing to something, you doing something that, right. that makes something happen, right? And it, it wasn't like that at all. It was like we set up this simple little ceremony with this couple and and their stillborn daughter, and it was the energy of that. And this man's tumor disappeared in thirty days. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a huge cantaloupe-sized tumor, and you know. And I've seen that over and over. Um, so the healing, the healing comes from someplace beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to put into words. Um, in studying German new medicine and the and the work that I've done on the inner planes, when I can see that energy, like you talked about those black blobs, and you know, I can see it in my liver and and um, or, or anywhere just by what I'm thinking. I mean, it's. Um, I think in simplistic terms for what it's worth is in the way of the tumors and all of these things in German new medicine and recall healing as we release the energy around the the um, whatever what is it doc like a thought or an image mm -hmm. or a feeling or something is that energy is released from soul self our true self who we are then it just releases it just it just dissipates it just yeah. It's not there anymore, and it might take yeah. in thirty days in Earth time, you know, to to leave. But it's right. pretty, pretty much gone. I mean, Melissa Sell talks about when when the person gets to the point of understanding how they created uh, this or that from a trauma, and they they understand that they don't have to do it anymore, and they're just done. And they really get that. Mm -hmm. The body starts to heal. Yeah, it just does. Yes, it's it magic, you know. It's a God thing, you know. It just just does. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
I, we sit out there in, in the microscope and and people watch these areas and you, you go on Instagram. I put some good videos. I caught some real oh, cool. vibrant healers yesterday. And you can see these inner deserts in our blood. They're just dead areas. And they sit there and as the blood dries, we just naturally flood these healthy red blood cells into that desert and hmm. revitalize it. Revitalize. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. It's like saving our inner soil. It's it's happening all the time. All the time. Wow. And and people look at it and go, Why is it doing that? You know, I mean Right, and we don't even uh, have a uh, a day-to-day sense that our bodies are programmed to be healing all the time. Uh, the culture is like, no, no, you're pretty programmed helpless, to, and you're pretty yeah, to sick. get sick and to get old and whatever else the program yeah, is, right? Yeah, yeah, that's your story, you know. And yeah. you keep take, keep taking the blue pill, and you're going to be all right. And uh, so it's it's amazing to just see over and over as the blood heals and people just marvel at that. You can see their heart coherence go up on their monitor when they watch it, even though they don't understand why it's happening. Uh, it's just beautiful. As you said earlier, um, you know, I get geeky about it because it's kind of fun, but I like to write about <laughs> it. But at, at, at a macro level, you don't have to understand it. You know, you don't right. have to. I mean, guys like you and I like to because we, you know, we yeah, we, we talk know. and you know we think we know what we're doing. But and you know, yeah. Uh, but you don't really, <laughs> you don't really have to. You know, pretty much right. you can just be in love and trust God, and you're gonna be fine. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. I think you're on there. <laughs> you're gonna be fine. And the yes. love thing is just yeah, it's so remarkable when you talked about that, and I I, I know that. I mean, you can. I was with a young lady over the weekend at this wedding, a really, really sweet girl, and we were talking, and as she um, just got more, uh, we we just got deeper into a conversation, you know, just sitting across from me and other. I could see how, it was just so fun. Her entire aura changed, her whole face changed, and, and, you know, whatever she got younger more not younger but more beautiful as she talked you know and i said mm-hmm. i said you should see mm-hmm. you see yourself and go look in the mirror <laughs> like i was she, yes. and she knew it you know but we do that i mean it's just well you've seen people who are really in love and they just look totally totally yes. more alive and aware and beautiful you know yes. uh, than when they're not you know and and um, yeah yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just funny to watch, you know. The whole I, I it's almost like we're a hologram and every thought and every image and every feeling is expressed in everything, you know, our hair, our face or you know and we think yes. this is a we think this is a solid thing, you know, and then, oh my god, you know <laughs> I got a wrinkle here, I wonder how I'm gonna get rid of that and <laughs> <laughs> just don't look in the mirror and you'll be fine. It'll change, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That was, you know, the, we, way back with the, the Cleopatra era and all these people, they kind of knew that. Have you ever seen some of the old stories about it, some of the old um, 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 epic uh, movies about, you know, back in the king days and all that, that the queens and the, the ladies, they, they didn't want to have a mirror, 
right? Because they knew that, they knew this. They're so cool. They knew that if I looked in the mirror and they saw something about themselves that they didn't like, that that image then would be in their consciousness and it would make that image actually stay stronger if they believed that's who they were. They knew that. It's really yeah. interesting. So what I do yes. now is when I look in the mirror, I just look in my eyes. You know. <laughs> yeah, I like that strategy. That's kind of fun, right? Just look in your eyes. Yeah, just look in your eyes. Jobert used to say that when they had kids with acne, with recall healing, yeah, they would go to a camp for 10 days where there were no mirrors. Is that and right? Oh, most my. of the acne cleared up. Most yeah. of the acne cleared up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that. May, he, Jobert said that? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's so cool. But it makes sense. I mean, if the body is a thought and an image, which it is, we know that, right? It just... Mm-hmm. So you look in the mirror, kid, and he sees acne, and he goes, oh, man, I don't want that acne. I mean, what's that going to yeah. do to the acne? Is it going to make it go away or get stronger? Yeah, yeah. Our own words then attack our skin, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, then we have to have more pimples, you know. Um, and and on that note, I'm going to go out and visit Michelle Schrader here. Uh, oh, good. I'm, I'm driving out on the 27th. I'm going to go see her new place in Ella J., Georgia. Um, it's a little town in northern Georgia, and uh, she and her husband bought some land, and they have a greenhouse, and they're in the Blue Ridge Mountains oh, baby. up in the top of Georgia. So I'm going to go out there and hike over Memorial Day and and uh, visit with them a bit. And then my niece is running in the Special Olympics in Orlando uh, on June the 5th through the 12th. So I'm going to go hang out with the family in Orlando, Florida. Oh, that's fun. Now, Michelle Schrader, she's Recall Healing gal, right? Recall Healing. Yeah, she's the only PhD in Recall Healing. You've had her on the show a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's great. Here's an email for you. Could the black ball bearings be the body's reaction to fear? So if this video is true and it was convincing to me because of the the way the young woman presented it the ball bearings were actually seen completely outside the body in the vaccine liquid itself and uh, so it had nothing to do with the body at all Um, there were physical black objects round metallic looking objects in the vaccine liquid itself um, and that's a strange thing. All the young lady said, it just doesn't look biologic to me. And when they tried to get somebody in town to analyze it, uh, they were turned down. Uh, they couldn't get anybody to do that. Some people have speculated that it's something called graphene oxide. I don't know about that. Um, but all I know is, is it, it was not, it wasn't something that I wanted in my system. Uh, She also let it dry on the slide and it turned into these long black tubular uh, structures. Uh, And that's what I had in my blood was one of the long black tubular structures. Um, I actually took a photo of it um, and it's gone now. I can't find any more in me or in my friend. And uh, so, you know, I'll just stay on the on the lookout. Yeah. It sure looks like it causes leaky gut. And and you're right, whoever asked that, fear is huge. I mean, so when somebody makes a decision to get a vaccine, 
was it the motive? I mean, that's the real question. Yeah, what was the motive? Why? Why? Yeah, why are you getting it? Like, if you're a business person and you feel like you have to get it for travel, that's completely different than someone who's afraid of getting this particle and getting some deadly infection. And you're right. That's what's going to play out in the body. Is it's going to play out right. Is. And again, mm-hmm. as you, yeah. as we say, you know, nothing is physical. It's all energy. And I would argue, not argue, but put forth that um, looking at a zit and thinking it's real is no more different than looking at a vial of vaccine and thinking that's real as well. Right. And had I told you last time that I that a gentleman came in who had looked up his lot and batch number no Mm-mm. of the uh the donor okay so i had a guy come in who got a heart attack after his vaccination whoa and uh, the friend he went in with got diabetes after the vaccination and uh so they got the lot and batch number which anybody can do you know they're required to keep that information and there had been 90 deaths uh, and a lot of adverse events from the lot and batch number that he got. Hmm. And when it reaches a certain point, that lot and batch number will be withdrawn. Um, so it goes back to the title of that book, doesn't it? A hundred million guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when a certain number of people die, we'll stop giving that batch. Um, <laughs> So that was, uh, and he brought that in in print, and I kept that. Um, it's kind of a sobering r- reminder that all of us, if we choose to get vaccinated, we have a right to look at the lot and batch number and uh, see if it's what's called a hot batch or not. A hot batch. Yeah, one that's had a lot of side effects. <laughs> Dr. Richard Massey is there uh, with us uh, this morning. Thanks for coming on once a month, Doc. Really appreciate it. It's fun talking to you. And uh, yeah, uh, we're going to. It is fun. We're gonna, this, years ago, this was Dr. Hal. Oh, I do. Years ago, this was Dr. Hal Huggins. Previously, Dr. Hal Huggins on detoxing mercury. You do not have to get all the mercury out of the body. That's not what the problem is. It's the direction it's going. If you have more going out than you have coming in, then you're going to have a good chemistry. You're going to feel good. But if you have more going in to the body than going out, chemistries look bad and you feel bad. If you had to name just a few things on the top of your list to help get mercury out, whether they be supplements or foods, give us your top five Okay, off the top of your head best thing would be the infrared sauna. The thing is detoxification is easy. Anybody can release a lot of mercury, but if you're using a sauna or especially the infrared sauna, then you are eliminating the mercury through the skin and you are bypassing liver and kidney. So that's a very good way to go. If you've been wanting to get a sauna, yeah, and you know, and and I I'm I'm not sure Dr. Huggins was totally, absolutely correct because we never are, you know, as much as I, of course, respect him. And, you know, he, you know, he knows what he's talking about. But we've seen, we've seen actual studies where um, they've, they've taken, they've given a little, um, I'll ask Dr. Massey what the word is, but it's kind of like a little herb 
which helps the, um, they do this for urine tests and stuff. There's a word for it. But they give a little thing to help the body to get rid of different heavy metals and stuff, right, through the urine. And then they did this before and then uh, put a person in there in the sauna for 30 minutes. And then they did the thing and test again. They actually had more, uh, you know, mercury and stuff coming out of, of the urine uh, than um, before. So evidently, um, these far infrared saunas induces the body to detox on all levels. And who knows, I guess if you would yeah, test the poop, it would probably be in there too. So that's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty cool. Uh, these saunas are great. We have the, the best price you can get anywhere. It's a relaxed far infrared sauna and $1,295 delivered in the lower 48. 1295 delivered in the lower 48, the relaxed far infrared sauna. And we shipped them all over the world. We shipped one to Israel um, on Friday, believe it or not. I think it was only 1400 and ninety-five, only two hundred extra dollars. So, you know, it's um, um, it's um, yeah, you know, um, it's a good thing, and we ship them all over the world, as I said. But if you don't live in the lower forty-eight, uh, just email me, Patrick at oneradionetwork.com, Patrick at oneradionetwork.com, and we'll get you all hooked up for the Relax Far Infrared Sauna, and. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. The, my friend was down in Los Angeles uh, recently, and he brought up some pure sulfur. We just ordered some from you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I was just looking at it, and I was like, wow, you know, this stuff really is totally different. So I just, I put a tablespoon in my mouth and mm. just chugged it with water, and wow. Yeah, thanks. A lot of people get that wow thing. I felt something first time I took it about three years ago, and we've been promoting this pure organic sulfur ever since. Two-pound orders, three different prices, United States, Canada, worldwide, and you can click an order right now on the front page right here, oneradionetwork.com. Tell you how old, old that commercial is three years ago. It was probably a seven-year-old commercial. Well, you know. Hey, if hey, hay's for horses... Organic hay. If you'd like to uh, explore the world of some of the most pristine oils anywhere, we recommend Andreas Seed Oils. Andreas, former um, Olympic champ from uh, from Germany, uh, and uh, he has uh, black cumin seed oil, pumpkin seed oil. Whoa! Um, uh, I know people that uh, put the pumpkin seed oil on on their, their face for for th- good things. Uh, g- coriander seed oil pumpkin seed oil black sesame seed oil I love that one hemp seed oil and um, all kinds of of great oils they're all produced with incredibly low temperature and incredibly low friction so they're probably the most pristine oils and the least oxidative oils anywhere most oils in the store God love them they try but uh, cold pressed and all that uh, it's our experience that doesn't mean anything but don't tell them I know that um, but you know 
So these oils are great. Uh, let us know uh, what you think about them, and uh, you can order up on, on OneRadioNetwork.com. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Oh, my microphone was off for a minute, but anyway. (laughs) That happens, but now I'm on. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, Dr. Richard Massey is with us. We have uh, 15 or 20 minutes to go here before we get out here. Let's get to some emails. Emails, more emails for... Hi, Patrick and Dr. Massey. I've written to you, your show a couple times about low white blood cell count. I have something strange going on with my health. I've had many blood tests taken, and they show that I have a severe immune deficiency. I have some enlarged lymph nodes in the abdomen and chest region, also in a large liver and spleen. Now they want to do a biopsy of the lymph nodes and suspect some of the lymph... Oh, they suspect some lymph cancer. I don't even want a biopsy. I wonder what, what are your thoughts on this. I'm male 31, um, 31 yeah. Christmases under my belt, like Patrick would say. Oh, just a kid. Okay, 31-year-old, uh, 31-year-old Christmases under his belt. He's got some enlarged. Why do these little organs, uh, organs larging up like that? What are they trying to say? Okay, so I'm going to do a couple of things first, and then we'll get to that. One is when you get on Twitter and Instagram, Somebody showed me how to do the hashtag thing the other day. Sadly, I only learned it yesterday or something. Yeah, yeah. So if you hashtag save soil, those videos I took at Casa de Luz will come up um, cool. along with a bunch of other stuff. The second thing, the word you were looking for was chelator. Chelator, yes, chelator. chelator. And this is actually a heavy metal test uh, after giving a chelator and uh someone who had severe lead poisoning there you can see that line over in the red uh, for this person's lead so we would give them a little iv and then they would go pee in a container and the lab would look at what the chelator pulled out Um, and when i started out my mercury was like that mercury was the big one for me not lead so everybody's a little different Um, so lymph nodes The way, the way we're going to medically say something to a person, and, you know, I, I can't have a judgment about this anymore. I just, it just doesn't do serve it. anyone. <laughs> just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, but the way, it, the way it's going to happen, Dr. Hammer proved that it disturbs the brain. Hmm. The medical language that we use to describe biopsies and conditions of people's body creates a disturbance in the regulatory centers of the brain just documented stuff he said Um, lymph nodes only swell after you've solved the conflict they don't swell while the conflict is going on they don't swell if you you can get that it's huge Um, it it means that not only are you not ill but you solved something with your immune system exactly the opposite of what you've been taught to say i have an immune problem mm-hmm. um, so reality is you solve something in the immune realm and you'd want to find out what that is what is that about is it mine 
Did I inherit it? You know, and and then clear that uh, because the body's doing exactly what it's being directed to do by your subconscious brain as a gift from its perspective. Uh, And we'd like to honor that and a different path will present itself where you don't have all these swollen nodes and organs. Uh, but they only swell after the conflict is solved. And it'll be a conflict about something like, am I valuable enough to be protected? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something like that. I'm kind of a uh, little confused, but I, yeah, stay, go ahead. I stay that way. Don't worry. It's, it's, um, so if the swelling, the conflict is solved, why would he need to do anything further? other than just trust God and tie his camel. Yeah, and so if somebody can do that, can really do that, that's all they need to do. Okay, okay. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you need but to do. But you're suggesting that if you would go deeper, it might um, just facilitate the whole process so he doesn't go there again or something like that. So there's a there's a program that's running in the subconscious mm-hmm. um, that's making all these things swell that programming is beneath my awareness i can't get to it through my own thinking i have to have help Um, now for people who can just go straight to god they should be able to sit down and have a prayer and then all those things stop swelling right if that happens for you then you're there right but if you say your prayer and everything's still swollen then I would look at the programming that the subconscious actually believes that this is a great gift and it's going to help you and your, your family system survive better if all these places are swollen. Mm-hmm. That's what it literally believes. Now, when we find a way to sort out what that story is and honor that story, the body doesn't have to honor that story anymore. The body will honor any story that's a secret. We're, we're all reliving in our body the secrets of our family system, and we don't realize it because it, it just feels natural. That's just the way things are. I'm this mm-hmm. tall. Mm-hmm. I'm this fat. This I'm happened this to mom anyway. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all of that is a belief system that was inherited in the womb and during our infancy. Um, so to be on a more practical level, if it's yours and you got this at 30 years old, then what conflict was going on in your life where you didn't feel valued, where you didn't feel protected, right? And if you can't come up with that, go back to age 15. What happened at half that age where you didn't feel valuable enough to be protected? What happened at seven and a half, right? What happened with your mother and father during the pregnancy and the infancy with you? Um, Who in the family at age 30 was like in a war and didn't feel like they were protected? No reinforcements came. They were left out there to face death and it was like nobody cared. Well, one of the descendants is going to have to carry that for the next four generations because people typically didn't talk about that. That story wants to be told because there's a lot of love there. To pass life forward in the midst of that kind of trauma is an extreme act of love. Hmm. 
there's an extreme trust in that, you know, to, to live in a world that's so flawed and so ugly and to still pass life forward is amazing. And the body wants us to get that. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what God's about. That's what spiritual growth. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest challenges for most, and it's just so prolific in our culture, is that if something was going on with mom or dad, then that's just the way it is for me. And it's just not true. true. Mm -hmm. And and this is the result. Like what he's describing, what's happened in my body, is the result of living in a culture that does not do village initiations at puberty. Mm -hmm. If we did those, all of the programming that we got in the womb and during our infancy would be traded over for something closer to reality. Yeah, something something loving and real and you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as it is, our brain is actually trying to save our parents from what they suffered during the pregnancy and infancy. And you know, most of us, I look at people's jobs, mine included. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to save my mother. <laughs> You know, I mean, just be honest about it. You know, that that's really what it is. I haven't really had anything but glimpses of reality. Uh, when these shocking healings happen, it's like, wow, I you know, didn't expect that. And and so most of it's about trying to save my mommy. It's, it's uh, just a drive. It feels familiar. Uh, I have enthusiasm about it. And I, I ask people, what job do you do and, and why do you think your family system produced you doing that? What happened in the family that they needed uh, an anesthesiologist? What happened in the family that they needed somebody who would tell news outside the corporate news stuff? You know, what happened? Hmm. How does that decrease the suffering in the family hmm. system? Hmm. Um, why does somebody produce someone who has swollen lymph nodes and liver and spleen? Uh, because it's on purpose, you know. I mean, unless you fell in a bat of mercury yesterday, and, and there's a obvious physical, you know, explanation. <laughs> and sometimes that happens, right? right? I mean, it happens. that happened to you. You know, we're not going into the story. We got to clean you out. Um, Here's a good one for you. Good morning. Thanks. Well said, Doc. Good morning, gentlemen. My mother recently had a minor stroke, her first stroke, due to a blood clot. Can Dr. Massey provide the recall healing perspective on, on strokes? Thanks in advance. So I, you may remember that story I told. It was, it was an actual thing that happened. A 64-year-old woman came in, and she had had a stroke. Hmm. And the story... The story of stroke usually is this. It means a person just solved a mental task that they didn't think they would be able to do. Hmm. That's the story of migraine and stroke usually. Um, because while the person's struggling to do something, the, the brain opens up the blood vessels in the head so we can think and come up with more solutions. And then when the solution happens, we have to close those vessels back down for repair for about two weeks. Hmm. Well, if a person doesn't know that, that they have these smaller vessels up there and they try to keep up their usual level of living, they'll get a little blood clot in there, right? 
Um, so hmm. finding out what the person solved helps them realize that there's nothing wrong with them. The Western medical words will make people think there's something wrong with them. Uh, you know, that they're flawed in some way. Um, rather than saying, congratulate yourself. Or just going through just this. Solved. Yeah, for what You just yeah. solved something really big for you. So the lady that came in, a devout Christian woman, uh, she had some friends visiting from Israel. They wanted to, to come over and see one of these messianic services they had heard about over in the States. And, and this lady knew somebody that they would love to go see. And so she talked to them about it. And no matter what she said, they insisted on seeing the big TV name guy when they got here, rather than the person that she had really knew that they would like. No matter how strongly she argued, they would not believe her. So here she has this mental task. I've got to convince these folks, you know, that they need to go see this person, not this famous guy. They're not going to like him, but they would not hear it. <laughs> so they went to this church service, big famous person here in San Antonio. They get out to the parking lot and the people say, you know, you were right. We really should have gone to see the other guy. <laughs> and in that moment, she fell over with a stroke in the parking lot. Wow. Because the problem was solved. She was right. She accomplished it. Uh, she convinced them in that moment, right? They had to go see the other for themselves, but she was right. And mentally, she had said the right things, so they would know she was right. She fell over with a stroke. And when she came in, we found a similar event at age 32, 16, 8, and 4. It was amazing when we did our timeline. That's just the crazy. One Good. 4 still yeah. stands out to me. Here's what happened at 4. It was her first haircut. Hmm. And she had seen a picture in a magazine, even as a 4-year-old, of how she wanted her hair to look. No matter how she talked to her mother, her mother made her get a different haircut than she wanted. So she failed, right? Then she had something at eight where she failed. At 16, she failed. <laughs> at 32, she failed. At 64, she finally succeeds, you know? And uh, blood clot, you know? Uh, and uh, it reversed nicely. And we had a great visit. And, uh, and you know, it was fun. great hearing her story. I had a great you know? story. And, I suspect that that's a real, a real good argument for the idea of, um, gosh, whenever we, we're just feeling punky doodle or anything, just off a little bit, it's good to rest, you know. <laughs> good to rest, yes. you know. Take a nap or drink more water or chill. Just, just rest. Yeah. You know, just yeah. Give up doing whatever we're doing for a while, even if it's an hour or a day or a weekend, right? You know. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I think it does. Animals know to do that. You know, in Dr. Yeah. Hammer's studies, when he clamped off the major artery of the heart in the Great Danes, there were zero heart attacks. Yeah, I saw, I saw the video of that attacks. thing, right? They have a video there. And uh, But the dogs were smart enough to lower their activity level until they had built collaterals. Um Oh, for that wisdom in us, right? So the, they, they actually blocked them off, and then the dogs 
were smart enough to build collateral arteries to so they wouldn't yeah die. i mean that's just and to take it easy while they were doing it you know mm-hmm. they knew they couldn't keep up the same activity level yeah cowan suggests that we do that all the time people yes humans yeah uh and why if you get a bypass it's not a good idea because once you they crack the chest it breaks up all of the corollary arteries as well and if you yeah. just leave well enough alone you'd probably be better off you know yeah yeah well i can see why they didn't want you to practice medicine any longer you're too crazy <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not following I, the party line dude i don't know what's wrong with you yeah yeah and and let me say this because i i get a little carried away sometimes that's right i don't think i'm right and I don't think that Western medicine is wrong. I, I think the story is incomplete. I think it's just one small perspective and incomplete stories. It's like your your show says, you know, there's nothing more expensive, and I would say, than incomplete, incomplete information. Incomplete and bad. Boy, I yeah. think that's so, it's just so profound because to... He, you know, to think that we are right and somebody else is wrong is just the dumbest thing ever, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can't say it any simpler than that, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yes. You just can't. Wow. Yeah. It, you just can't say it any simpler than that. You know, it's just not true. Every, yeah. Everybody's right. Everybody's unique. Everybody's looking at something just a little differently than you and I are. And, mm-hmm. if, and if two people want to kind of look at things together and say, well, let's hold hands and look at this together and see what's really going on, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it, I think it is too. And, and just as a reminder for me, in Schutzenberger's work, pregnancies one, four, and seven see the family system in reality from a completely different perspective than pregnancies number two, five, and eight. And those both see it completely differently from pregnancies three, six, and nine. Whoa. So we track that in family trees. So siblings are supposed to see things differently. They're, They're supposed, supposed to. to behave differently. Interesting. Because each one of those parts of the family story is vital. Yeah, for each for each to learn things from one another as you as you grow. Yeah, instead of thinking, oh, how did they turn out that way? We were raised by the same parents, and right, you right, know, right. yeah, that kind of so thing. So I'm a I'm a two in my family tree. So that means that so yeah. What does that mean? So upstream, you'd look at twos, fives, and eights, and you should notice similarities in how you choose things, how you see the world. And two fives you and eights. You were put in a room with the ones, fours, and sevens, and the twos, fives, and eights. You'd gravitate toward the twos, fives, and eights. And Interesting. Talk about the ones, fours, and sevens. You know. Well, I I, I saw the whole family <laughs> all weekend, and I know the eight, and uh, he's the last one, and yeah, and five. I have to figure out because there is one sister that it's more. You know, I bet she's the five. Mm-hmm. Isn't that curious? Wow. Yeah, it is. So we little souls must choose our God, working with God. So, okay, now's a good time. Okay, you come in now. Next. Okay, you're next. And then you, after him, you're next. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was just miraculous, the whole thing. That's hilarious. 
Well, we got to go, kid. I really enjoyed talking to you. Okay. What's up? Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah. So I wish you would have seen. I wish you would have seen this uh, the wedding. So I'll just tell you really quickly. Well, well it's fresh. <clears throat> My niece got married. Uh, one of four daughters. Her husband is just a crazy Indian who just wants to do everything the best he can. Right? You know, American Indian, uh, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they live up on a hill, twenty acres, in Illinois, and. They had 300 people at the wedding. Can you imagine? Oh. 300 people. Where they had Whoa. special places to park out in a field and driving golf carts you know, up to their wedding. Huge white tents, white tablecloths with a dinner, a live band. Unbelievable. It was like, it was like right out of a Coppola movie. You know, it's like... It's uh, a, yeah. It was just, yes. it was a really... And all my family was there, you know. All of them. So it was pretty amazing, you know, just yeah, good. pretty amazing, pretty amazing. And yeah, I'm just still in a lot, a lot of land over the whole thing. You know, uh, I was with a, with a young lady who met for the first time and she met me there too. So there's a screenplay there somewhere. She had a great time and everybody loved her and it was just, uh, it was just a remarkable weekend. It's like I'm just like phew. I'm still yeah. I'm still in an altered state. And I plan to stay that way for the rest of my life. Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> good plan. <laughs> just stay there. It'll be good. <laughs> just stay there. Yeah. Just stay there. You know, no sense going out into the, you know new. Right. No right. sense going out, baby, because it's whatever. Okay, kiddo. We'll see you yeah. soon. Tell folks, and we'll have all of your information. Right. Okay. Where 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 you are? Where we do that, and and okay. and, and um, the Instagram. How do people find those little videos you talked about? Uh, so it's Doc Massey nineteen forty nine is my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think Twitter is just Richard Massey, um, and I sent you that video. It'll come by mail drop. Uh, the video of the person's inner desert filling in. Yeah, so I'd like you'll to see, see that. that on your email and. That'd be fun. Uh, it has a little audio to it there, you know, so you can kind of see what we're up to there. One of these days, uh, we'll actually get smart and plan ahead of time and put these videos so we could show them why we're on the air. I mean, that might be a good okay. idea. But, you know, sure, yeah, but we're, not, we're yeah. not quite in the bright categories yet. We're just working on it. There you go. <laughs> All right. I love you, kid. Thank you. Love you too, Patrick. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Dr. Richard Massey. He's the real deal. Uh, you can do uh, long distance kind of uh, working with him if you'd like, and uh, just contact him through the through the show page stuff on uh, on OneRadioNetwork.com. You'll see the audio, and we have all all the information there for you. Okay. Well, um, um, okay. The next show will still be in an altered state for the rest of my life. Uh, uh, let's let's kind of tee it up here for Dr. Uh, Ray Pete. Uh, take me a few minutes to get set up, and then we'll talk to Dr. Pete. If you have a question for him, you can uh, send it Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Thank you. I love you all very much. Thanks for your support. Uh, may the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.